but uh, we're glad that you chose to be here with us today. God is good? And all the time? Do you believe that? Are you, are you glad that God is faithful? And even as Carlos mentioned that, life is filled with ups and downs, isn't it? And even when we start a new year, you kind of hope everything's going to be different. Remember last year when we thought, oh, COVID is behind us. And it hasn't been, has it? That it is even today, uh, I know people who are badly sick. Even this last week, we've had family members from our church who have passed. And in spite of all of the negative things that happen, God is still good, isn't he? God is still faithful. And I think that as we, every Sunday morning, I stand up here and I yell out, God is good? And all the time? It's, it's more than just a statement. It really is a theology. And if you believe that God is good even when life is not good, then you can get through the not so good. And this morning what we want to do is just um, kind of a new tradition the last few years is celebrate communion. And I know we have our kids in here today and uh, I'm thankful that our families get to worship together. I think this is a great opportunity as we observe communion for you mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, aunt and uncle, whoever it might be, to have a good conversation about what this means. Because uh, this morning I just kind of, I guess one of the goals for this morning is for us just to remember the goodness of God. And if we ever forget or we ever doubt or we ever wonder, does God still love me? Does God even care? Does God hear? Does God see? Does God know? All those questions that we don't like to talk about in church. But it's, it's the truth of life, isn't it? You, you sometimes doubt God, correct? Yes? And sometimes you have probably asked the question, does God even care? Does God love me? And we all go through that. And if you ever doubt, and when you doubt the love of God, one of the favorite verses, probably all of our kids that are in here today, they could quote it. In fact, why don't we all quote it together, John 3.16. So kids, I want to hear you say it loud with us as adults as well. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God is good, isn't he? And he loves you. And as we observe communion today, we want to take an opportunity to look back. We want to look forward, but we also want to look inward today. And in Matthew chapter 26, Matthew 26, this is the story of the communion. This is Jesus, the setting here. Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples. It's the last Supper And what Jesus and the disciples are doing is they're not just eating a meal. They're celebrating Passover. They're celebrating the moment in history. They're looking back when the nation of Israel was redeemed. The nation of Israel was rescued. And remember the story that the Israelites were to sacrifice the lamb. They were supposed to put the blood over the doorposts. And when they saw, when the angel saw the blood of the lamb, he would then pass over and they were saved by the blood of the lamb. And so they're looking back and this is the context of the conversation and 
the dinner that Jesus is having with the disciples. And in verse 26, he says this, Matthew 26, 26, and they were, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. And so in Matthew 26, we get the recount of Jesus in the room, in the upper room with the disciples. They're celebrating Passover. He institutes communion or the Lord's Supper. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, Paul... As he says here when we read in a moment, he received the message from the Lord. Paul was not there in Matthew 26 when this happened, but Jesus had told him what had happened, and then he recounts it. He's writing this letter to a church, the church at Corinth. And he's wanting them, as we are going to today, to observe communion. It kind of gives some instructions or the symbolism or the why behind communion. So 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. It's the, the story we just read in Matthew 26. Verse 24, When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who drinks, excuse me, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. I'm going to ask you just to pray with me for a moment. Would you bow your heads? And I want you this morning, in the next few minutes, and even in this moment right now, I want you just to pray right where you're at. And I want you to ask the Lord to allow you to just sit in the heaviness of the cross. the fact this morning that what we are going to do is remember the suffering of Jesus. We're going to be grateful for the love expressed through the cross. God, I ask this morning that as we partake of communion, as we look at what it means and how we can apply it to our life, Lord, I pray that we would this morning be able to just sit in the sufferings of Christ. That we could linger in the reality of his love. That we could rejoice in the resurrection. And that we could celebrate the second coming. Lord, Lord, knowing and acknowledging this morning that you are good and that you are in control, help us to 
appreciate the cross. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we walk through this text, I, I said at the beginning, we're going we're gonna to look back. And I think as we observe communion, as we look at the Lord's table, we need to look back and be grateful. Look back and be grateful. That's what Paul was saying. And Jesus said twice, this do in remembrance of me. And what, what are we to be looking back on? What are we supposed to be remembering? What are we supposed to be grateful for? It's, it's the cross. Because without the cross, there's no forgiveness. Without the cross, there's no redemption. Jesus said that I'm going to shed my blood for the remission of sins. And as they were looking back on the Passover at the, the lamb that would take away the sins, that would redeem, that would rescue them, they were saved by the blood. It reminds me of the story we read in the New Testament when John saw Jesus walking. You remember what John said as he saw Jesus approaching? He said, behold, and he points out to Jesus that there there he is, the Lamb of God, who will take away the sins of the world. Aren't you thankful for Jesus today? If you are a follower of Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, then you have the greatest thing to be thankful for. It's not just another new year. I'm thankful for a new year. It's not for heaters because it's so cold outside, but I'm thankful. are you thankful for heaters? I didn't realize this morning my, my son uh, went to Kansas City this week to speak at a youth rally, and I let him take my truck, and so I started his car early this morning to warm it up, and I got in, and guess what I found out? His heater don't work. <laughs> and I called him and said, dude, does your heater not work? No, not really. You could have told me that. Anyways, I'm thankful for heaters. Can I get an amen for heaters? Go stand out in the, in the foyer, and the door's open. It's freezing out there, but... Did you guys enjoy the, the young students out there welcoming you in the freezing cold weather this morning? Great job to those guys. I, we tried to encourage them to come in, but honestly, I think they really enjoyed you telling them how awesome they were. Okay, so they wore the suffering well. But in Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his love toward us. Not while we were still sinners. Christ, what did he do? He died for us. And because he died, and because he came back to life, we can have eternal life. We can have new life. We can have the resurrected life. Are you thankful for the cross? And so one of the goals today is just to look at the cross and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for suffering. As we talked about the last few weeks, that that my sins, why was Jesus on the cross? It's easy for me to say because of your sins. For all have sinned, right? It's the, the sins of mankind. But the truth is, I have some ownership in that. Jesus suffered on the cross because I'm a sinner. And I'm thankful that he willingly no one took his life. You realize that, right? One of my favorite passages in Scripture is when Jesus was standing before Pilate. And Pilate says, don't you know that I could take your life right now? I have the, I have the control. And what did Jesus say? No, you don't. The only control, the only power you have is what my Father in heaven has given you. 
He's in control. And Jesus willingly laid his life down so that I could have forgiveness of sins. Let me tell you this morning, if you are a follower of Jesus, you should be grateful for the cross. If you are not a follower of Jesus, can I tell you, Jesus loves you so much that he died on the cross to pay for your sins so that you could have a home in heaven, so that you could have forgiveness So that this good God that we're talking about, this faithful God that we've been talking about, Paul says that if you would surrender your life to Jesus, God will adopt you into his family. And you will be a child of God. So we want to look back on the cross and be grateful. We also want to look forward and be excited. Do you know we have something to be excited about as followers of Jesus? Look what he says, and we read it in in, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 26. What did Jesus say? This is Paul recounting what Jesus said. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. What's the last three words say? Like this observing communion today, partaking of this wonderful tasty cracker, it's going to come to an end. And we will stop doing this at some point. When will that point be? When he comes. We've said the last few weeks as we celebrate the first advent, we celebrate Christmas, the first coming of Jesus, lowly in a manger. He humbled himself, became obedient to death, even the death on the cross. But oh, one day, he's coming again. He even said this in Matthew 26. We read verse 29. Jesus says this, I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. He was telling the disciples, listen, I'm about to die. And I'm going to pay the penalty of sin. I'm going to come back to life. But listen, one day I'm going to come again. And I'm going to make all things new. And we're going to spend an eternity with Jesus. Are you excited about that? Even so, come quickly, right? Would you be disappointed if Jesus came today? We eagerly await. We effectively work. And we should energetically worship. Because Jesus is coming again. Now, as a follower of Jesus, that should excite you, right? It should excite you more than the Bulldogs beating the Wolverines. I'm sorry, Carlos. It should excite you more than the Cowboys game this afternoon or the Cardinals game, whoever you like, or Packers if you're a center and you like the Packers or something like that. Sorry, Ryan, I had to say that. But there's also something else it should do. It should motivate you. There's people all over this community. There's people in your neighborhood. There's people in your school, students, who don't know Jesus. So we want to celebrate it, and we want to look back, and we want to anticipate, but shame on us for hiding it. Shame on us for just having the warm fuzzies on Sunday morning drinking communion. Shame on us for not going and telling our neighbor or a coworker or a teammate or a classmate.
This, yes, we look back and we're grateful. We look forward and we're excited, but oh, it should motivate us to lastly look inward. What are we doing with the gift we've been given? What are we doing with forgiveness and grace and mercy and salvation and the fact that we can come together and say, God is good all the time and and yet when we leave out of here this afternoon, it changes nothing. Look what, look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter, 20, uh, chapter 11, verse 27. He says, as we already read this, Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. What a warning. Paul would go on to say, for this reason, remember he's writing to the church at Corinth. And he says, look, you cannot approach communion just in a casual manner. Examine yourself. He said, this is why some of you in the church have been sick. Some of you have been tired. And some of you have even died. This is what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. Because you've been casual with your Christianity. Because you've been casual with communion. And then he says, verse 31 of 1 Corinthians 11, For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. And what Paul is saying for us this morning as followers of Jesus, if we're not walking in fellowship, so what Paul is saying, look inward and and repent. If there is sin in your life, what Paul wants you to know is that you should not partake of this today until you repent. Until you confess. The unfortunate thing, what I see in American church culture, what I see in my own life, is we become very calloused to the gift of the cross. We become very casual with the reality of our forgiveness and the mercy and the grace. And so today, as we start a new year, let's look inward. Lord, is there some things in my life that I need to repent of? There's some attitudes in my life that I need to confess. And maybe it's just that you've been casual. Maybe it's church hasn't been important. Maybe it's you haven't invited a neighbor. Maybe it's you're not sharing the gospel. Whatever it might be that God would reveal in your life today, you need to confess that. So I have two questions this morning. The first is this. Have you ever surrendered your life to Jesus? Are you a follower of Christ? If you have never placed your faith for salvation, for eternal life, in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Can I challenge you today to do that? It'll be the greatest decision you've ever made. The question is, are you a follower of Jesus? Have you ever placed your faith in Jesus? I'm not asking you if you attended the first Sunday of 2022. 
So you're good. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking if you gave this morning. I'm not asking you what your church attendance was like last year. I'm asking you, have you ever placed your faith in Jesus for your salvation? And the Bible is very clear on how to do that. Admit you're a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned. I'm guilty. Admit it. The second thing you need to do is believe that Jesus died for you. We quoted the verse, for God so loved the world that whoever believes, they'll have eternal life. Believe that Jesus died for you. And then confess. Paul said that with the heart man believes and with the mouth he confesses. Confess that Jesus is Lord. Confess that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. That's what he said. Admit Believe and confess. The second question I have for you this morning is, are you walking in fellowship with Christ? Is there unconfessed sin in your life? Because what Paul is saying is if you are not a follower of Jesus, you shouldn't partake of communion. What he's also saying is if you have unconfessed sin in your life, you should not partake of communion. And he gives a pretty harsh warning. I feel like it's my responsibility as a pastor to give you the same warning. If you are not a follower of Jesus, this is not for you. If you're not walking in fellowship with Christ, this is not for you. I want to ask everyone to close your eyes for a moment as Stefan and the team come. And I think that if it's my responsibility to warn you and to give you the requirements, I think it's also my responsibility to give you an opportunity to respond. Maybe this morning God has revealed to you that you have never placed your faith in Jesus. You, you may have been a member for this church for many years, but you've never actually placed your faith in Jesus. Maybe this is the first time to walk into this church and you've now understood that the only way to get to heaven, the only way to have forgiveness of sins is to admit you're a sinner, believe Jesus died for you, and confess Jesus is Lord. Today could be the greatest day of your life by placing your faith in Jesus. I'm gonna lead you through a prayer right now. And if you would like to admit you're a sinner, believe Jesus died for you, confess Jesus is Lord, then you just pray right where you're at. You may say something like this, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for me. I confess Jesus is Lord. I ask you in this moment to forgive me and to save me. And if you prayed that this morning, can I just tell you, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to grace and forgiveness and eternal life. And I would just ask this morning, if you prayed that prayer today and you would like me to pray for you, would you just put your hand up? Everyone's eyes are closed. Just put your hand up. Right now, just put it up. I prayed that prayer. I gave my life to Christ right now. Just put your hand up. Thank you. Anyone else? Just put your hand up. Leave it up for a moment. It's dark. There's another one. Thank you. Anyone else?
Thank you. You may put your hands down. I, I want to encourage you, if you raise your hand today, tell someone. Tell your mom or your dad. Tell the friend that invited you. Come tell me. I'll be in the foyer after church. It's the greatest decision that you've ever made. And the Bible says, because you gave your life to Christ, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of his return. It can never be taken from you. This morning, maybe God has revealed to you that there's some unconfessed sin in your life. And I want to encourage you in a moment, we're, we're just going to sit and listen you can worship if you want. You can sing if you want. The altar is open. But we're going to just listen to the, the praise team sing one of my favorite songs. And the, the truth is, it's, it's a hard song for me to listen to. Because it talks about my own ownership of Jesus' death. That it was my sins that placed him there. And I want you just to set in that heaviness this morning. And I pray that as we do... We'll look back and be grateful. We'll look forward and celebrate and anticipate. And we'll look in and repent.